Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatina. Today, on this amazing episode, I was joined by a really good friend of mine, Mr. Andrew Elias, who, you know, we've known each other now for a solid four, maybe five years, um, and his journey was an absolutely incredible one, and some of the stuff that we covered in this episode, I personally didn't know myself. Uh, A lot of it I did know, but some of it I just didn't know the depth and the impact that it was having on his life at the time, so, you know, to really dive into it, and, and it all sort of covers around the whole depression you know, area and mental health and how we work through that and then building businesses and, you know, getting over the, the family stigma of what's right and what's wrong and how you should be going to uni and, you know, pursuing a dream that wasn't really his uh, and then how he really built through that uh, and got through the dark times and came out on the other end. So, you know, this episode was really meaningful, uh, really impactful, and I know that you're going to get a lot from it. Uh, and again, as always, take a screenshot, tag both myself and Andrew in this one on social media. We'd love to hear your feedback, love to hear your thoughts, but guys, here is the episode. Enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome back here. I'm joined today by my amazing friend from the New South Wales, Mr. Andrew Elias. Andrew, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Appreciate it. We've been uh, talking for some time about making this episode happen, and uh, we're officially here, though. But you know what? I think it's good timing because you've got so much exciting stuff happening in your world, and um, perfect time to, to share. But hey, I know you listen to the episodes, and I know you probably memorized every single question of Rapid Fire, because <laughs> this, this is the sort of a guy, Andrew, is everyone out there listening. Mm. He will research and research, uh, and but I think you'll do all right. I think you'll do all right. right. Yeah, yeah, let's I've go. Changed, I've changed the order around just to, you know, just okay. to shake you up a bit. All right, okay, you ready? Let's, Let's do, do rapid fire. Favorite yeah. song right now? Favorite song right now. Um, it's called "The Intro" by XX. It's a song from the Coach Carter soundtrack. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I listen to it every time I'm in like sort of deep reflection. How um, good is Coach even, Carter? Oh man! I watched man. man on Fire last night. What a oh, movie! Oh man, that's awesome. That is. He's probably awesome. one of my favorite actors, Denzel. Yeah, you can feel that rawness in his yeah. voice. That's have you I seen the movie? It. Have you seen the movie uh, "Remember the Titans"? Yes. Oh man, that's these are that's my jam, bro. Space that, jam. That has to be like sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, top three for me. Top three movies that yeah. for sure. I remember watching Marshall's that when I was like playing well. sport. Which one? Sorry. We are Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's good. He's good, Denzel. Hey, favorite movie. Favorite movie. It's gonna be uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh what? Yeah. What do you mean? Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, I watched it as a kid, man. It was definitely one of my favorites. Lord <laughs> of the Rings, you know, Star Wars, any of that fantasy Star Wars, yeah, totally. sort of movies, like they're, they're definitely my jam. Nice. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, wasn't oh, wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't expecting that. No, no. my favorite, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know favorite. what? You know what? I, I, actually, I'm going to add on top of that as well. The Big Short. Have you seen The Big mm, Short? Mm. That's I a good that one. Movie, like, I'll watch it at least once a fortnight because I just really? love the, the story. I love yeah. the... Like there's, there's opportunities that just capitalize on, on something that was happening 100%. that no one saw, and I love that. So, 100%. Good one. Favorite book? Favorite book, Blue Ocean Strategy. Favorite color? Green. Go-to meal? Oh, man. It's hard, man, because I'm Lebanese and my wife's Italian, <laughs> so it's really hard to choose one. Um, I'm going to say either pizza or charcoal chicken, either, either. Yeah. 
Not that charcoal, charcoal chicken, chicken that you took me to when we oh, were yeah. in kicking yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come to Sydney, I'll show you some charcoal chicken. Hey, right? for all the, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. He's a good guy, Michael. Melbourne charcoal chicken in Albert Park. Yeah. The place to yeah. be. The place to be. Um, <laughs> favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? I'm going to say Breaking Bad, uh, Sopranos. Oh, wow. This is just going on. Or Game of Thrones up to season seven. All right. So you've said yeah. or in there, which means that it could be one or the other. So which one is it going to be? Yeah. I'm going to say Breaking Bad, bro. Done. That's the Breaking one I wrote Bad. down. <laughs> First yeah, job. Breaking Bad. First job. Uh, it was sorted at the same time because my dad and my brother were fighting for me, but it was on-site labourer and working in a pharmacy. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So yeah. <laughs> Monday to Wednesday labourer, Thursday to Saturday pharmacy. Yeah, pretty pretty close. So it was Saturday. Saturdays at the pharmacy and then yeah, Monday, nice. to, Monday to Friday when there was time after school, I'd go help dad on the job site. I guess it's a good way, I guess, growing up to sort of see what you want to do. Do you want to go into that whole construction world and trade life uh, mm. or do you want to sort of go down the medical route um yeah, well, hey, pharmacy right now could have been a a, a useful tool um in the world that oh, we're living in <laughs> yeah, um the biggest celebrity slash sporting idol growing up kobe bryant easy yeah that was easy yeah. champ do you remember where you were when he passed away when the news came out yeah i was actually um i think we had a big night the night before i was out with some friends prior to COVID, you know, when the world is all doing well. And then the next day, it's like, you know, 8 a.m. And I get a call from my sister and I'm like half asleep. And I'm like, oh, it's all Sunday. I'm like, fuck it, I'll get, there. I'll get to it later. And then I get another missed call like half an hour later. And I'm like, wow, she's called me twice in half an hour. What's wrong? And she calls me up and she's like, Andrew. She goes, have you seen the news? And I'm like, no, Tanya, I just woke up. Like, I'm half asleep. Like, what's going on? She's like, Kobe Bryant died this morning. And I'm like, nah, bro. It's, it's, it's a <laughs> hoax. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's a hoax. Like, don't, don't believe everything yeah. you watch. No, Andrew, I'm telling you, he died from a helicopter crash. And I'm like, nah, no, nah, don't say that. Don't say that. I've always had a dream of, like, there was something that, you know, share a stage with him, jump on the stage, talk about mindset totally. development or something like that. I always thought there was something there in the future, like I could interview him or something, mm -hmm. you know. That was, like, my big scale sort of visualizations. I just wanted that so much. And when she told me, man, my heart broke. My heart broke. I called all the guys that I knew were big Kobe fans, and I think we were just talking about it, watching all the mixtapes. And yeah, yeah, that was one of the, a pivoting moment for myself in like my sort of journey in terms of awakening, in terms of like, what the fuck am I waiting for? Mm. Like, what am I waiting for? Like, I'm mm. still waiting for this perfect moment to do these things that I want to do in my mm. life. And here I have like a childhood hero, an idol of mine who died. Man, I was so upset, man. I so can imagine. Upset. Oh, yeah, 100%. so upset. I've got the, guess, the jerseys, the shoes. Yeah, the whole kit. And anyway. you can even see back in LA, like at Staples Center, like the amount of memorials they had and the amount of people that turned up, oh, you know, for an athlete, you know, so which is, it we shows in, it. Um, we were, sorry, we were in LA and Cancun, like prior to, just before COVID hit. And it was before Kobe had died. And we went to, an L, we went to the Staples Center. And I'll show you some photos. I got the biggest smile on my face. It's the middle of winter, and I'm wearing my Kobe Bryant jersey, freezing my ass off. Yeah, winter there as well. It's cold, man. It's so cold in LA. We go to Staples Center, and in my head, I'm like, Kobe's gonna be here. It's, it's a home game. I'm gonna see Kobe. I was so excited. It was the one game he he wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, I love like, it. But at least you got, at least you got to go. Um, even like even though while you're still alive, you were able to go there. But yeah, like the, the amount of impact that he had, I guess it just shows 
again, cool, that, that's on a really global scale what he was able to achieve. But it just shows that even outside of sport, like outside of the direct business that you have or the, the direct contacts that you have with people, how much of an impact you can actually make. You know, because there's probably, I think everyone knows Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Whether you've followed basketball, watch, ever watched a game in the Lakers or watched anything to do with it, you just know those names. Big time. And the impact that they have on people is um, incredible. And I think that's... And the last thing. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like what you said as well, like that awakening moment of, okay, what am I waiting for? Like this guy's lived to the epitome of, you know, national basketball, global basketball, now going on doing incredible things outside of the, you know, the, the court. Uh, and then this happens to him, you know, him and his it's, daughter and yeah, all those like other people he, on the he helicopter. He just retired. He just mm. started creating all these projects. Totally. You know, he's got his children's foundations, doing all yeah. the books, doing all the podcasts. You know, he, he lived everything what a creative, his basketball What a career. creative guy as well. Yeah. yeah. He, he finished his career. Like, he's at the pinnacle of his life. He's finished his careers. He's got all the money in the world. He's got the, the dream life, everything. And then to have it ripped away from him with his totally. daughter in the helicopter crash, man, it... It, it, it killed me. It killed me that day, but it also like I don't know, like some sort of rebirthing that mm. day. Same so as Michael was, Shoemaker, in a way. You know, yeah. did the most one of the most dangerous motorsports there are. You know, Formula One racing in the time like now it's a lot more safer. They've got a lot more technology and it's advanced so much. But back when he was racing in in the nineties and in two thousands, like they don't they didn't have the technology they have now. But then yeah, to well. then have an accident, you know, skiing. Um, I don't know if you've watched that new documentary on Netflix, which is incredible it's, if you haven't. It's on the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. List. If you haven't yeah, watched it, it, get on it. It's. Um, it I, I know we went a little bit of a tangent down that there, but again, some yeah. even his story is just absolutely incredible. Back to rapid fire, though. Uh, what's your pet hate? Pet hate is people who are deceptive or predatory, taking advantage of you, anything that sort of stems in that category. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, it. Book or audio book? Uh, ooh, that's a, it used to be book for like the last couple of years, but I've been like taking your word on listening to an audio book <laughs> in the car and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, nice. Or I'm doing some sort of manual labor task, listening to it in the background. So mm, mm, mm. audio book as of recently, as of recently nice, audio nice. book. Nice, yeah. yeah, good. Summer or winter? Uh, summer. Summer. Sum summer. up your mindset in one word. Relentless. Love that. What's something that you haven't done yet? Andrew, that you'd really love to do? I'm always challenging my fears, man. So the number one thing that's on that list is to jump out of an airplane. You haven't skydived yet? I haven't skydived oh, yet. Oh, man. You are going like to love the, it. It's like the last thing I, like, I would love to conquer. I'm telling you, that, that'll open up like doors to a million other things that you really want to do. Okay. You know, like that was okay. probably, that there for me personally was the thing of yeah. now I can do anything. No, like no, I just no. skydived, like I can run through a brick wall, like I probably could, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, that was the, yeah, yeah, like that was That's the, crazy. like yeah. you said, that, that that turning point. I was like, shit, I just did this thing. Yeah, anything is possible now. Yeah, anything is Absolutely. possible. What is your proudest moment personally and a proudest moment professionally? Oh, That's a good one, personally and professionally. Um, personally, is probably beating my own depression from 2015 to 2017. That is something that I'm very, very happy. Um, only because just to see myself from where I was to where I am now, like I am so proud of the person that I am today because of just the difficulty and hardships that I had to battle during those times. Um, as for professionally, 
I'm going to say one of them is closing my first ever big deal. That was for around $11 million. So that's probably one of the largest. And that's like, I don't have a financial background. I just know people, I know communication and I love selling. So it's just using those sort of skills. And then I'm love just going to chuck in one more on top. It's getting yeah, the keys not? to the hooker house, a warehouse, yeah. you know what I mean? Really creating a, a passionate sort of business. Yeah, nice. Combining all the things that I love about life and just creating it in hooker house. So We'll, we'll definitely yeah. dive deeper into that business as well, man. I'd love to be able to yeah. learn a bit more even myself. Yeah, um, sure. But no, love that, love that. And we'll definitely touch a bit more on the, you know, the beating depression side of things. I know that was yeah, a, sure. a journey for you. Um, and there's always a couple of golden nuggets that we can share with people in a challenging time that we're sort of facing now. It doesn't matter where you're located in Australia or around the yeah, world. Sure. We've all had those for moments sure. where it's just gotten heavy and hard. And, you know, um, so I think there's some really cool tactics and strategies and tips that you can give on what you did that we can help oh. people with as well. Um, tell us, Andrew, something that no one knows about you. Uh, <laughs> I kept thinking about this. I'm actually uh, terrified of the dentist. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I had what exactly are you scared of? As a kid, I had an incident when I was a kid. I, I'm pretty sure I was seven or eight. I don't know if that numbing jaw had kicked in, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna get started." Okay, cool. He's like, "It's not gonna hurt because your mouth is numb," and it fucking hurt. Oh wow! And my first reaction <laughs> was to is to punch. Just, just raise it, raise yeah, an arm in the like facial stop. direction. It wasn't like stop. It was like to hook. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's just been like traumatic, like uh, even as an adult now growing up and then, okay, <laughs> got to go to the dentist. Then my wife's like, you got to go to the dentist today, Andrew. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Booked it in and I'll wear like like uh, training shirts, compression shirts, because I know I'm going to sweat because I'm so <laughs> terrified of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, so prepared. I'll take my headphones, close my eyes and I just let him do his work because if I see it, it's like out of mind, out of sight. Yeah, like if I don't yeah, see totally. it, it doesn't affect me. And if I've got my headphones on, literally I'll go in there with headphones. Love like it. You have to let me because if I if I hear that drilling sound, like game over. I have gone to like sitting in the waiting room and heard that that gearing sound, that drilling sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally like tell the receptionist, I'm like, I've got to get something for my car. Get in my car. Turn on the Harry Bolt. Gone. <laughs> There you go. I like it. Yeah, so I've never had that fear though. Uh, you know, for okay. me, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I love the dentist. I don't know. Like, I just like, yeah. And I, I don't know. We're all weird in our own little ways. And, I, I just um, built up too much fear when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm just understandably. Though, I can imagine he's about to drill yeah. into here, and, and there's no anesthetic there. And it's just, it, it hurt, man. It, oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, I think his jaw would have been anyway. sore as well after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, three questions to go. If you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world. Past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? And you got a two-hour time limit. Where would you have it as well? It would be Kobe Bryant in the 100%. kingdom he built in Staples Center. It's in the court, huh? Yeah, right in the middle of the court. And it's, uh, I, yeah. What would you have? What would you have? I'd be like, bro, we're going to get some charcoal chicken from <laughs> Sydney. I'd from go Sydney? I'd give him a call. I'd give him a call. Bring it over. 14-hour <laughs> flight, bring it over. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Love that. 100%. <laughs> what was 10-year-old Andrew like? Um, if I didn't know you, I was shy. I was timid. I wouldn't ask any questions. People always thought I was a mute because I wouldn't say anything. To my cousins and my friends, we were, you know, ambitious. We were always trying to cook up little things that we could do and, you know, run around together, run amok, you know. So I think, yeah, just to my friends and my family, you know, outgoing, willing to do things. But if I didn't know you, I'm not like I am now where I can just get to know you in a couple of minutes. So. Nice, Definitely, nice. Yeah. Last question, man. I'm sure you know what it is. Your favorite superhero? Spider-Man, bro. Spidey. Yeah, Spidey. Peter Parker. Man. 
Yeah, me and you got to do that collaboration. You know, we go like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, bro. I love it. Hey, man, Let's that is rapid fire. Congratulations. Well done. You made it through. Uh, incredible. Man. Well done. Uh, scared of a dentist. Could have been a pharmacist. <laughs> Could have Loves been Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. I like it. Hey, man, so obviously the journey has been an incredible one. I know a lot about it uh, personally. I'm sure there's parts of it that I don't know about, but I'm very grateful to have known you for five, four or five years now. Uh, and we've had an incredible journey together, that's for sure. We've been able to travel a lot. Um, have many conversations and uh, many incredible times, I think, is the is probably a great way to explain it. Um, and I think that's, you know, and already listening in, you can people probably listening in, like these guys have already got a good relationship, a good rapport. Um, it's a natural conversation already really happening. But, you know, you've gone on a bit of a personal journey. You've really gone on that business journey. Um, you know, you said it earlier, fighting a little bit of depression and getting through that and then bouncing back now. Uh, and then passing it on through a lot of the coaching that you got to you, you get to do, hook a house, you know, you've got a beautiful wife, you know, you've you've done well, man. Like, and for me, it's yeah. it's it's really good to see you in Sydney, like whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we love Sydney. We love Sydney because you're there. Um, yeah. But it's really really proud for me to watch and see what you've been able to achieve. But take us back, Andrew, to you know, as far as you feel comfortable sharing with and and going through to where that journey really, you know, from that ten year old you to getting to that person and all those speed humps and hurdles and challenges and, and different industries that you dabbled in to learn something about. Um, and then, yeah, what's created the person that people are looking at now on camera and listening to while listening to this audio? Well, very, very in-depth sort of question here. Okay, so let's go. We'll get back to 10-year-old Andrew. So I grew up one of nine in Sydney's West. Um, you know, my parents migrated from Lebanon. They didn't really have a lot. They, you know, their parents were farmers. So, you know, money was always tight for them and they always had to find different ways to survive. So when they came and migrated to Australia, they saw a new opportunity and they took it. So my dad left his family. He was one of 11. Um, I actually went to Lebanon and saw their place in terms of where they used to live. And they used to live in like a little, like, like on a hill, going downhill and a tree actually used to be part of their roof. That's how oh, I wow. sort of poor I used to be 11 kids, you know what I mean? So my dad left there um, probably at the age of like 28, came to Australia, met my mom, they got married and nine kids later, you know? So, you know, I was, I was born, I'm, I'm child number five. I'm the middle child. Um, I was also born, I was the child born after my brother actually got hit by a car. Um, and he actually passed when, uh, I'm pretty sure you know this, Jamie, he actually mm -hmm. passed when he was about four. Uh, he got hit by a car and then I was the child after. So my parents always told me I was special because I helped bring the family back together because they suffered so much loss. And then after I was born, I was like, you know, that sort of child. Um, but because I've got nine brothers and sisters, like anytime I had to make a decision, I just like, I'm like, yeah, whatever you guys want, I'm easy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I just became indecisive by nature because everyone wants to do this everyone wants to eat this and i'm just like yeah let's just let's just make it happen like i don't like confrontation totally i don't want to get in people's faces let's just you know do and it's probably always gonna be like that natural leader or more outspoken one who's going to make the choices and then everyone's just like yeah whatever yeah whatever yeah. yeah yeah like whoever wants to be the alpha is fine like i just want to eat totally. you know what i mean like i that they were my priorities as a kid so yeah. i think yeah. even when it came to me learning and deciding on um, what sort of pathway I would have taken high school. Like, I didn't really know what I wanted because all the decisions in terms of mm. what I wanted were already made up for me. Totally. So, 
when it came to, you know, even going through high school, I just chose subjects that I enjoyed. So I did woodwork because I loved it. I did mm. IT because I was interested in it. And I, mm. I chose yeah. these like courses and, and subjects to learn that weren't going to give me the best results to get me to university. I only did it because I wasn't sure, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah totally. this is what I want to do. So by the time I got my mark, I remember getting my mark. And I've got like very competitive cousins who are like, you know, they're getting their 70s, they're getting their 80s, their 90s. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous to open up this letter. <laughs> I'm so yeah, nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I open up the letter, I open up the letter, and I just told myself, I'm like, whatever it is, like, I'll find a way. Like, mm, I'll find mm. a way, I'll make it happen. It's okay. So I open up the letter, and it says 42. And I'm like, oh my God. I actually was so embarrassed that I told people I got a 65. I actually didn't tell people I had a 42 because I was embarrassed. And I think, like, you know what it's like. You've got cousins, Jamie. There's competitiveness, totally. you know. Absolutely. You know, old school aunties and uncles are always comparing <laughs> yeah. you to others. And Absolutely. that's not good for someone's mm. Like, mm. confidence system. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah. Your cousin got 90. Yeah, Andrew got 60. Oh, Andrew, just go to TAFE or do this. So, like, totally. You're already getting disregarded, yeah. put into a different category. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even started my life. You're not, you're not like, going to amount to anything. You know, you're just going to be 100%. a tradie. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. You've ruined your whole life at the age of 18. Yeah. 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 And then, like, you hear people say, oh, okay, the mark doesn't mean anything. But at that age, you're so. It means everything. And frail. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like. The way people change when they're talking to you, even the attention that you get from either your uncles, or your aunties, or your family, can really like affect how and where you go in your life or totally. what you do with it. You know what I totally. mean? So, mm. so mm. after after high school, um, you know, I, mm. I did get a forty-two. Now I look at forty-two. That's going to be the name of my my first book. It's going to be forty-two. Totally. You know, what I mean? like because <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it, it, proud it changed it. everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's cool. Like you look at things that happen to you, and then all you notice is that it happened for you. Like I look at 42 and I'm like, that was the, that, that was pivotal moment. Number one. That's why I'm like, okay, you're doubting me. You think I'm just going to be this, watch me be greater. Fucking you know what bigger. I mean? Like, yeah. so yeah, I, it, I use that as fuel for me. Mm, um, mm. So in my head, I'm like, I, I didn't really have any plans in terms of where I was going or what I was going to do, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is what's in, in front of me. I got to go to TAFE. I know I'm going to be better later on, but I was still lost. I was still lost mm, in what I was mm. doing because people were saying, like I said, brothers and sisters were saying, go to university, go to TAFE, get a trade, get a this, get a that. And in my head, there's just so much noise in my head to totally. make a decision that I couldn't. Mm, mm, so I went to mm. TAFE, you know, I studied some engineering uh, diploma, stuff. I think. <laughs> yeah, stuff, pretty much. <laughs> I got to like a year in it and I'm sitting there thinking one day and I'm like, I have been so miserable for the last year doing this and I'm doing this all for you know because because my dad said it would be good and I'm just doing it just to please what mm. my dad wants you know what mm. I mean like mm. growing up you know he was a strict father now he's an angel because we've got <laughs> 17 nieces and nephews and his eyes well, have changed but you know yeah. when we when I was a kid you know he was like no you're going to be an engineer because if you've been an engineer you can help us on the job site and I'm like totally. okay, okay I'll do it yeah. anyway I finished the diploma I then like I did the registration to get into university and I remember the day like I got in, yeah? So mum was like, check the mail, you got University of Western Sydney, you got a newsletter and everyone's excited for me because they're like, you know, you're going to go to university, this is what you need. And I'm like, okay, this is what I need. I open up the mail and I read it and it says, you know, congratulations, you're in. My mum is going off her head in the car, beeping the horn, she's so excited. We go home, we have a special dinner. Everyone's <laughs> excited for me to go to university, but me. 
I am like, because I this is not the life that I want. Mm, like, mm. I started to then slowly be like, there's other things out there. Totally. The internet was booming, e commerce was starting up. Like, all how old were you here? What, like 21, 2021? Yeah, I would say about 2021. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 2021. I'm in university. Mm. Uh, anyway, so we get accepted to university, we go to university. Day one, I do the first tutorial, and I'm like, this is not for me. This is so not for me. And I'm like, man, my mum and dad are going to kill me. Oh, mm. my God. Mm. I was terrified to go home. And it, it, it even, like, created, like, where for the next two or three months, I would go, like, I was going to university, and then I will just go to, like, the park, or I'd go to <laughs> different areas because yeah. I'm so scared to tell my parents that... But were you actually going and, like, like learning, or were you not even going there at all? No, I was going to the university campus, but then I was just hanging out at the park. That's the uh, so you actually weren't going to the, to the classes? I, I wasn't going to the tutorials because I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah, this is not for me. I need, like, I don't think this is my skill set. I don't think, like, I have the capacity to learn and understand. Mm, mm. And because I've always led from what everyone else thought for what was good for myself, like I developed this habit where I just quit on things because totally. I'm just trying a whole bunch of different things. I'm just quitting, quitting, quitting. So I wasn't developing the right skill sets that I have right now, you know, being a lot older than when, what I was, you know, when I was a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. And um, okay, th- then I go home one day and I talk to my mom and I'm like, look, university's not for me. Um, I don't think I can, I don't want to continue with it. And then that led to a whole different, like a lot of arguments and stuff like that. Told of dad. And my dad's old school Arab, so he's like, don't yeah. worry, come work with me on the job site today, <laughs> I'll show you. And he just put me through the ringer, man. I got up at six and he's like, all right, I need you to move 2,000 bricks here and go put it over there. And here's a wheelbarrow. And you know how you got that those six to you packs? Yeah. You know you got those six packs where you, look, where you yeah. look six bricks at once? He didn't give me yeah. one of those. He's like, yeah, you don't need gloves. He goes, gloves are for girls. I'm like, <laughs> no worries. So moving, all these, moving all these bricks down there. And then, yeah, I was just on the job site all the time. We built, you know, a couple of apartment complexes. And then I went back to TAFE and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be I'm here now, back at TAFE, got to get my building license. Um, but that was something that you wanted and, to do, though. That was something by choice. Like you were like, I, I've enjoyed the construction side of it. And like, I want to go and yeah. get the building license. Is that what happened? Yeah. I don't think it was, it was by choice. It was because I didn't want to go to university. And then uh, dad just saying, come back here. Let's go yeah. do this again. So, and like I said, like I didn't develop you know, critical learning and thinking skills to a little bit later on in life. Because for me, I was, I didn't know what I wanted. I was yeah. just constantly cruising around, you know what I mean? Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. So when you went Enjoy. to TAFE for the builder's license with after like doing a bit of time in construction with, with your dad, yeah. was that something that you wanted to do? Like, you know, I've enjoyed construction. I actually want to go down this building route. Like, is that what think, you wanted to do? I, or was I that... thought so. I thought so. I think yeah, I okay. convinced myself. At the time, yeah. yeah at the, the time, time you thought that was, yeah. In, okay. in the meantime, I've always been a hard worker. I was always making money. Mm. I was always doing little flips on like Gumtree and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. Um, so I was always like good with that. You know what I mean? Totally. So it comes to we're building a job site in in the entrance. You stayed there with us, you know that those yeah, three stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we were building. Yeah, it nice, there. beautiful space. And um, at the time, I had we had rented out a house around the corner because driving up and down to the coast every day was just going to kill us. Yeah. So it was just yeah. me and dad, me and dad most nights, 
you know, I can't speak Arabic. Dad speaks fluent Arabic. So there's, in terms of communication, there's always a block there, you know? So I'm like, I've got to find things to do. I'm going to bring up my PlayStation. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then, you know, at Instagram at the time, people started talking about books, talking about learning, talking about reading. And about then, I picked up one of the first books I ever read was the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. So that was mm-hmm. one of the first ones I read. And it yeah, just nice. broke my mindset in terms of what I thought was like fact and what was actually real. Like it just changed yeah, my whole yeah. perspective on things. I'm like, man, mm, this is crazy. Mm. Um, and at the time I, I started meeting some of my wife's friends and one of them had a friend who owned his own shoe brand. And I'm like, what do you mean he owns his own shoe brand? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like he designs his own shoes and sells them online. I'm like, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I jump online, I go to like, you know, ordering shoe manufacturers online, all this sort of stuff. And um, and then I remember finding manufacturers and talking to them. And then I'm like, I had my brand and then I had my logo and then I was putting the brand on the shoe and I was getting all excited. And then I was paying big sums of money to bring all the stock in. And then I had created my first business by about like 24-ish. 24 yeah, nice. is when I created my first one. So I had my own men's shoe brand. I had shoes made in <laughs> Portugal and Spain and Italy and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I learned so many things. <laughs> marketing is yeah. so important but you were excited though man like so it was excited. it was new it was so yeah. new and I remember talking to my aunties and stuff they're like how did you do this like how did you think to do this like what went on in your mind and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know I just saw that someone else could do it and I'm like wow that's possible like he's he's got his own brand you know all these sorts of things I'm like I started to believe that anything was possible you know yeah, what I mean nice. anything is truly possible if you got the right mindset you got the right mentality you can pull off anything, man. Any, anything's possible. Agreed. And yeah, like there was a lot of lessons in that in that online shoe store. As Didn't, always. Like, yeah, content creation is important. You know, marketing is important. <laughs> you know, just because you create a shop doesn't mean people are going to come to your shop. Totally. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. There was a lot yeah. of lessons and stuff there. So, you know, that's what came off the back of it. While I was working on a job site, while I was going up to go to work at six o'clock in the morning and then coming home at, you know, five-ish, eating dinner and then working to 11 like that was me rinse and repeat because i was just i was operating out of passion i'm like okay i have all these decisions to make i'm getting swatches sent to the house my mom's like what's going on i'm like i'm gonna design (laughs) men's knitted tie wear and i'm gonna choose all the colors here (laughs) and man i'm just well i haven't got any fashion background or anything i just it was just passion because i loved it so much love that yeah man um so then after the job site dad was um we then went to build the apartments in which I'm living in now. And that's when I'm finishing my building um, license, finishing my building license at Tate. Like my dad gets really sick. He gets pneumonia or like phlegm in the lungs. I'm not too sure what it's called. And that's where like, like I also encountered this situation where I lost everything. So I had lost the shoe business. I had lost all my savings. And I was in the process of putting a deposit on a house and I lost it all. So that was like, sorry, it took so long. That was me from 10 till <laughs> like where where the depression started. Yeah, yeah. 25, 26 sort of range. 25, 26, yeah. It was probably 25, yeah. In, in that moment of, you know, losing it all and having it all, you know, just gone magically because of other people's wrongdoing and, you know, looking back now, you can honestly probably open, honestly own some of your own wrongdoing, um, but they're all lessons. 
what what was that turning point when yeah even though the depression might have still been there because that's when it started but what what was that turning point from when you said I'm gonna go and do something now about this yeah so not not, not maybe not so much about the depression just yet yeah. maybe more so about like your financial position your career your what does the next twenty years look like for me did it all sort of tie together or was it like two separate moments cool I need to go and fix up my financial position and then I'm gonna go fix up myself. Or was it the other way around, or did they both happen together? Yeah, I think I think during the darkest of times is when I found the most power in myself. So that was like the, the pinnacle of the depression, mm. which I will get into. Mm. But after mm. it all happened, like after it all happened, it was like I don't know, like you lose all that money. It was like almost a hundred thousand dollars in total damages that's lost. That's mm. all mm. working from like fourteen to twenty five. You took it nine years. I didn't look at it as mm. the money perspective. I looked at it as all the time I invested. Time I could have mm. been doing some of the things I love, I sacrificed to work. You know what I mean? Like I've worked a pizza shop. I ran men's fashion shops. I don't know if you remember Roger David. I used to run yeah. a few. Yeah. I ran yeah. a few um, like classier menswear shops, pharmacies. I worked at a job site. I ran a pizza shop. I was a delivery boy. You know what I mean? I did everything and anything that I could to capitalize. Totally. You know what I mean? That yeah. was like, yeah. regardless of my misdirection. So it was more that time and effort that was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I spent all those hours hustling. Like I used to go buy mm. sealed iPhones off Gumtree and then resell them to someone who was looking for an iPhone. Yeah, you know what nice. I mean? I would do anything and everything that I could. And then when it was real that it had happened, I couldn't grasp the concept, Jamie. I couldn't grasp the concept that it was gone, that... And like being coming from like an Arab family, like if there's listeners out there that do come from that, you know your parents put a lot of pressure on you in terms of totally. saving up, buying a house, doing all these things, yeah, setting yeah, yourself yeah. up so you can live a life by their terms in terms of what is like in terms of what they think for you is the is what's perfect. Correct. Do you the know right what way. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I get to 25, this happens, and I'm I'm fucking shattered, man. I'm yeah, shattered. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a man apart. I can't talk to anyone. Mm. I don't talk to any of my friends because I'm so embarrassed, Jamie. I'm so mm. embarrassed of mm. what people mm. say about me, how they judge me, how they think of me. And I, mm. I couldn't I couldn't tell anyone. I, I didn't tell anyone. And then, like, I remember a couple of months later, I worked up the courage to then tell my dad. He lost his shit. Told my, you know, brothers and families and, and extended family and whatnot, you're an idiot. That's, that's legit. Lost everything. And I'm getting family members calling me an idiot. I'm like... Man, this is fucking rough, bro. It's already hard enough as it's, it is. I'm already like, I gotta yeah. I gotta grasp the concept that it's real. And I was in mm. denial for, for months after the fact that it happened. But I guess if I look at it from two sides, before that is when I started learning and reading books and stuff like that and understanding what you know we are, what we think all the time. Mm, mm, we are what mm. we do consistently, we are what we think consistently. So I started to believe that whatever I'm thinking is whatever I'm attracting. And mm. post whatever happened is when I started to blame myself and shame myself and mm. you're a fuckwit and you're like, they're the words that I used to totally. talk to myself with because of everything that I had just lost. And there's two sides to what happened. You know what I mean? There's like the guy that I was dealing with. Yeah, there was a little bit naivety in my end. So I'm going to own up to that because I've healed so much past it. I look at it totally. now, it's like, if we look at it from the grand scheme of things, I'm appreciative that it happened. Because totally. it transformed my fucking life. You know what I mean? I became like relentless. I'm like, I'm going to read more than I've ever read before. I'm going to learn mm. more than I ever le- learned before. I'm going to do Develop, things. Yeah. Anything that scares the fuck out of me, I'm going to run towards. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Love it that. just changed everything. Gave me the courage to speak on stage with yourself. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. Mm. public mm. speaking for me in high school? No way. <laughs> no 
way. Sick on that, that day. I'm that kid that's trying to hide, like hiding in the <laughs> like I'm not actually there. Love like, that. Don't choose me to answer, please. And yeah, you go yeah, on the stage yeah. and we're sharing in front of thousands. So like it's hundred percent. Yeah, looking at it from the grand scheme of things is I was doing the work beforehand and then in the middle of it, I was still reading. I was still learning. So I'm like, most of all, just forgiving myself for what happened and then just redeveloping me. And then that's what I found to that sort of euphoric moment. So, What were some of the habits in that moment and in those times that you you were using? Like you just said there, so you were reading more, developing more, learning more. Like what, what else were you doing? What it sort was, of books were you reading, if you can remember? Yeah, I was... Because um, I'm, I'm sure there's people at the moment... And the reason for the question, Andrew, sorry, is is because right now, in the crazy times that we're facing during these lockdowns and COVID and mental health is such a big issue, yeah, like we're all facing our... Like I said at the start, like our own journeys and sometimes it all feels too heavy. So for you in that time, like what were you focusing on? What were you telling yourself? Like what was that internal dialogue? What was What were you reading? And I'm sure it wasn't always 100% of the day positivity. Like there's always going to be some... It always trickled back in. Yeah, it always yeah absolutely. So, so what were you doing? Yeah, I, I think the, the greatest way to look at it is I'm starting to like recreate Andrew in the process because mm. I, cause post that time, I it lasted for almost like a year and a half, two years where I did nothing but shame, blame, victimize myself, felt sorry for myself, felt pity, have a little pity party and invite myself and... You know what I mean? Like I needed to recreate who Andrew was. And I did it just by doing small little things. So like um, like meditation is cool. You hear about it all the time. But med- meditation could be anything. It's anything where you're in a calm state of mind. So meditation mm. could even be going for a walk. I even saw I meditation as playing games because I wasn't thinking about me. I was escaping. That's why video mm. games for me also helped me. Um, so meditation. I started taking cold showers. I started reading a lot about mm. taking you know, having cold showers. And I always looked at it as taking a cold shower is going to help me remove the negativity from yesterday. So having mm. a cold shower in the morning is the best way that you can remove the negativity from yesterday. So I used to turn oh, off the lights, put on calming music, create a playlist mm. as I always do. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, create a playlist, absolutely. turn off the lights, listen to some music and the water is so cold that you can't focus on your pain, on your pity, totally. on your shame, on your guilt. You can't focus on any of those things because the water hitting your body, the only thing you're thinking of is like, fuck, it's so cold. That's the only thing you're thinking about. You're not thinking about your worries and your shit and your issues and your shame and your victimized. You're not thinking about any of that. Mm. And then I started to, in the rebuilding process of myself, I was looking at what are some skills that I need to learn so I can become a better beast tomorrow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like what are some important skills that I need to learn so that I can master Andrew tomorrow. And I look at a, I look at a book as like a future investment in you. Every Absolutely. book that you read, do you remember? The, the hand that picks up yeah. the book is a different hand that puts it back down. You told me that many times, yeah, yeah. I love that. And like yeah. any book that I read is like a five-year investment in, in totally. myself in the future. So any book that I've read today is gonna reap rewards in the future. Totally. They're gonna plan some subconscious you know, images and thoughts and processes in your mind. So some of the books that I, read or that I was consuming were books that were going to teach me about my thoughts. So human mm. behavior, human psychology. Um, there's a book by Dr. Carol Dweck. It's called Mindset. And that talks about um, having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And it was funny. You read a book and you can identify yourself in, like, I think a good book is a book where you can identify yourself in the stories that are being told. And you're totally. like, oh, that's me. Or that's that me. makes sense. And I can connect. Jamie, yeah. I was in that fixed mindset. The entire time yeah. I read that book, I'm like, wow, I'm actually fixed. I'm not in the growth. I'm yeah. focusing yeah. on 
me and feeling sorry for myself and oh my god how am I going to recover from this and then I fucked all that off sorry for swearing mm. that's just me I, I literally got rid of all that stuff and I, and then I, I scaled back on like how do I grow Andrew so I focused on the three important skills that I said to myself that were important was I need to work on my mindset I need to learn everything about mindset thoughts um, actions behaviors all that sort of stuff so that's number one number two is communication like I need to get better at communicating. I need to get better at understanding. Like if you and I have got an agreement, let's get crystal clear in what that looks like. So clear. And the last thing was sales and persuasion. Sorry, not sales and persuasion. Influence and persuasion. Because if you're going to, like you're selling yourself every day, when you talk to your girlfriend or your wife or your widow or your boyfriend or whatever that looks like, you're constantly selling in terms of what you're going to do next. You know, you're going to a job, you're selling yourself. Like everything is sales. Everything is sales-based. So. Great. When it came to communication and sales influence and persuasion, they're all the books that I was reading. Just read, 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 read. And whatever I read, I didn't look at it as I had to take in 99 things. What was the one thing I could take from this book? And then totally. I just take action on it. Take action on it. Love take that. action on it. Love that. And that's how I slowly sort of got out of the depression. So Rebuild. I found things that grounded myself. Um, so walking was another one. Another thing with the walking was trying to ground yourself to nature because I used to overthink so much and create all these stories and narratives inside my head about inadequacy or feeling bad for myself. I used to think of ways where I could connect back to ground or coming back to earth. Like how, and I used to just say to myself, come back to earth. And I used to go literally, I still do this today. When I go for a walk, just touch trees. Because mm -hmm. it, it, like the way I thought about it was that every time that I'm touching a tree, I know it sounds weird. Like to see a guy just no, going around right. rubbing some trees and shit. But, um, <laughs> It was my way of bringing my thought patterns back to earth so that way I don't drift off in this thought and this mm. process and this narrative. Mm. And I'm sure you're, mm. like, in your, in your own it. journey, like, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I love what, from what I'm picking up so far, is that you've sort of reframed and created stories in your mind to positively influence yourself. Like you said about the cold showers, cool. Well, it's washing off all the negativity. Like, realistically, that's actually not happening. Like, it's not washing anything off yeah. you. But you've told yourself that story and that's what you believe. Yeah. And now because you believe that, it's actually happening in a metaphorical way. 100%. So to say. Yeah. You know, and then like you said there, going to the trees and, and there's a lot of studies into the, you know, being at one with nature. And I love when I go for a morning run, even just sometimes just like sitting on the ground. Yeah. Doing my stretches on the grass. Like it, it's, it's different, mm. you know. Um, even when I was living by the beach, like even just walking on the sand, there's like that, there's that, there's that energy in, in, in the ocean. It's coming through the sand and you're now feeling it in your body, you know. So I can definitely connect to that. But I love the way that you've reframed the meaning of positive things, though. Yeah. You know, you've gone to the cold showers. You've gone to the reading. You said, cool, well, what, I'm not looking for 99 things. I'm looking for one thing that I can mm -hmm. implement today. And then I read the next book and take another one thing. You know, and then over a five-year period of time, which you've been able to do now, you've probably read hundreds, if not thousands of books. Yeah. And you've taken one thing from all of them. Just that's how you develop better. and grow. Yeah, just 1% better. Did it, did it feel like you would you never get out of it? Yes. Yes. It felt, it felt like all the negativity that I created literally felt like I had forged mm. a prison in which mm. my mind lived in. So all, all, all the stories, all the pity, all the shame, all the guilt, mm. all the like, I'm never going to catch up to this. I'm always going to be behind. All those thoughts had created a jail in which if if I'm envisioning this, it looks like I'm in jail. But the jail yeah. is the jail that I've created. It's not like someone's put totally. me in jail. I've created a jail 100%. in which my mind mm. and Andrew lives in. Mm. And mm. yeah. 
And the funny thing with that is that you're the only one that holds the key. I'm the only one that holds the key. I'm the only one that's holding getting out back. as well. The, the big 100%. awakening for me, Jamie. That's the best that, part about it. Yeah, the biggest awakening was that, like, all the negativity. Like, if I can create my darkness, that means I can create and find the light. If mm. I manifest mm. and create all my darkness mm. with my thoughts, because there's a pattern in terms of what I'm thinking. It's the same thing. It's feeling sorry for of myself. It's feeling sorry for myself that I was naive, that I was young, or whatever that thing looks like. Totally. And then when I look at, like I said, the jail cell, there's a sticker on it, and it says, made by Andrew Elias. <laughs> it's, it's not like someone's put me in jail. I have literally totally. created that with my own mind. Totally. Totally. And again, and on the flip side, like I said, that you're the one that can recreate that um and it's, it's like that saying where it says like whether you believe you can or you can't you're right, you're right if way. you believe you can you're yeah. right you know 100%. if you believe you can't then you're 100 right too because that's what you believe and that's what you're going to get um and i love that and, and just reframing and going back to books working on your mindset communication and sales and i think they're really key positive skills and traits to have and qualities to have 100%. doesn't matter what industry you're in um you know cool you might be like oh i'm a tradesman i don't need to learn sales because that was my mindset absolutely yeah. Or I'm a doctor, I don't need to learn sales. Or I'm in university, I don't need to learn sales. Sales is a very broad thing. Like, what does sales mean? Well, there's a lot of different meanings to it. But there's, it's that, what I, what I personally got from it, and you tell me what you think, I think it was confidence. Because I think that's one of the self-belief and confidence. I think if you've got those two things, you can absolutely achieve anything. 100%. You can absolutely. And I think they're probably the most two real raw ingredients that if you were to look at any successful person in your world, and it doesn't have to be the, the richest of richest people we see on TV all the time. It could just be the bloke down the road who owns a really successful cafe. It's that self-belief and confidence that they have in themselves that allows them to turn up and get those results that they have. And I that's what I think sales taught me. You know, it was that confidence that I didn't come from a sales background. I can now sell something. I feel confident. I can now go over and have better communication with my friends and family. I can go and run my business differently yeah. you know and it, it sort of flows on like it's not just a oh, cool i'm confident here you become confident in life yeah did you experience a similar sort of thing yeah i think um if you continuously like whatever those little micro goals that you can set for yourself like as much as getting up and going for a walk or having that cold shower the more you repeat those habits the more confident mm. you're going to feel because you mm. haven't given in to that excuse of like oh but it's cold but it's too cold or but I want to stay warm, or but I want to stay in bed, or but I don't want to call this person. Or so like if the more consistency you can have in your habits, the more it will allow you to stop with those excuses, and it'll, it'll just keep propelling you forward. Totally. But I definitely agree with what you said. It definitely gave me confidence because I kept on building on these small little habits that made me who I was. And, totally. And 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 in touching on the sales persuasion and communication, I feel like. You can even have other subjects of interest that you can study Absolutely. or learn in mm, that mm, can mm. help give you the confidence to to go to go further, you know. It could be whatever you want, but they were just for me at the times, I'm like at the time. Mm. This is this is my rebirth number one or rebirth number two. And I got to I gotta put it all together. I gotta to learn better, act faster, be better, you know, more totally. confident. Mm, everything. Mm. And again, that is what led for you to, you know, sort of get yourself out of jail, but then slowly, slowly in not really jail again for those yeah. who forgot Andrew's analogy of feeling in, in yeah. jail of the jail that he created in his own mind. Uh, but then moving forward from there, like recreating that key and, and getting yourself out, that's allowed you to sort of go on and go into many different businesses and go into things that everyone was telling you that you can't do, but you're doing and having that natural confidence and aura and in the way that you walked, the way that you spoke, the way that you emailed, the way that you turned up. I think the, the, the power in that 
bounce back, that rebirth, as you sort of called it, I think creates one more of a cool story to tell, um, which is great for everyone outside, but for your own personal journey, it, it creates a, a, a knowledge of shit, like, look what I just did. Yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't matter crazy. what I think or the person listening thinks, no. it's, it's, it's that, that's where the confidence is. It's like, look what I just did. Yeah. It's also looking at, you know. like, like, if I look at, so I'm 31, we're 31 this month, you and yeah. I, Jamie, we're, yeah. we're yeah. born on the same yeah. date to anyone who's listening. One day between. <laughs> one, one day, day between. between. One day between. Yeah. Um, I look at my life in terms of like five years ago, Andrew. So Andrew at 25, mm. Andrew at 20, mm. and then I look at Andrew at 35 and Andrew at 40. And I'm looking at the guys ahead of me and I'm like, I've still got growing to do. But I look at 100%. the guys behind me and they can't recognize this Andrew. They're like, who the fuck's that? Mm. Are you serious? He's mm. doing this and this and mm. this. Like, So perspective is everything. Perspective will change Absolutely. your life. If you change your perspective and change the way you're looking at things, you're going to overcome anything. Like I was talking to a client the other day and and she was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing all this for and I think I should go back to my job and all this sort of things. And I just changed her perspective in terms of thinking about that. I just said, have you ever read a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying? Have you ever read it, Jane? No, I haven't. So they talk about the top five regrets that this nurse, when she's nursing people, what their biggest regrets are before they mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest perspective changer you'll ever 100%. read in your life, man. Yeah. Because one of their top regrets was that I regret not going after the things that I wanted to or creating a life by their own terms. That well, that was one of the biggest regrets by the people dying, saying that I wish I lived a life by my own terms, doing the things mm-hmm. I wanted and the things mm-hmm. that I actually wanted to do. It's the number one regret. So just thinking about that at any time you're thinking of giving up will cause a massive shift in your energy Absolutely. in what you do your concentration your focus and yeah just changing perspectives can really help change love that where you're I love go. what you said there perspective of everything it will change your life it really does and in the, in the split second moment in those short moments where shit hits the fan or things don't go the way you planned your perspective on how you can really flick that moment around and see it from a different light and understand it uh, there's, there's a meme that it says a, it's an image just getting around on social media and it's been around for a very long time but it's that one where there's two people on a bus one sitting on one side and sees the, the beautiful side yeah. yeah and the other side sees the dark same bus same journey mm-hmm. sitting one meter apart from each other but seeing something completely differently um, and I think that all definitely does begin in the in your mind and and goes back to all that learning that you did as well and I, I think is really important to to go on and for someone who you know went to school did TAFE did uni for a period of time and then correct me if I'm wrong but probably felt more personal growth and more learning through all the further education you did outside 100%. after all that in the books and the courses and the, and the videos and the YouTube and everything 100% the experiences most importantly as well tell us how that all sort of transitioned to Hooker House now because I want to sort of you know I love watching what you guys have been able to create there and seeing how much passion you show in it, even the way you spoke about it at the start yeah. you know I can tell it's a, it's a real it's like home for you like it's a real yeah. thing for you um, that you absolutely love and I can even see, just see you now getting full G'd up he's like oh, Jeremy so shut G. up I want to tell everyone I'm about so it <laughs> you know what I mean um, you've wearing your jacket got yeah. the whole thing yeah, yeah you know that, but that, tell that. us all about it tell us tell us about it man because I, I love it I love what you've been able to do but share some more about where the idea came from how it started how you opened the doors in it, and then f- finish on for us how you've dealt with COVID and the lockdowns and the challenges and the restrictions that you felt faced there yeah sure sure so I was at, I was at a wedding and I'm, I'm a big ticket thinker. Like if I've got an idea, I will literally go outside of the wedding, look at the stars. And that's how I'm like, 
oh, if I do this and I do this, you know what I mean? That's me. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm Visualize big, it. Big thinking, big visualization, all this shit. Anyways, I'm at the wedding of my wife's friend and and then there's her other friend who's on the same table, her partner, his name is Andrew. And it's this like Arab looking guy, he's got a big beard. And in my head, I'm like, oh, his name's Andrew. I'm gonna fucking break the ice like nothing. This is so easy. So we're outside, he's having a cigarette. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, it's Andrew, right? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm Andrew. And we just like had a little laugh and shook hands. And I go, Andrew, tell me. I go, do you like shisha? And he goes, bro, I love shisha. I go, I have to tell you about a shisha I just bought. Literally our first conversation ever. This is my business partner, mind you. But, and do you remember the cube shisha I had? Do you remember? Yeah, 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 like that. That was the yeah. first point of conversation. I used to sell these things like hotcakes. I would go to um, like a bucks party. You know, these things range between three to four hundred dollars, and I would go sell twenty of them because I, <laughs> like I said, I learned all these Loved things. Loved it. I love showmanship. Yeah. I love selling. And if you love a product, if you're combining all, all those three things, you've got a product that you you do or whatever it is that you you know operate in, and you love it. If you combine those two, it's unstoppable. It is so unstoppable. Game time. It's game time. So he's like, all right, I want one. So we organize one. He buys one. He's like, come over, show me how to set it up. I'm like, all right, come over. And our wives, they're, they're good friends. Like, they're all right. Like, yeah, we see each yeah. other at, at school. Me and him, are yeah. cl- we're like kids. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's get the water level right. Let's do all this shit, <laughs> We're cranking these shishas. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. This is game changing. Anyway, so a couple of months, you know, had passed. We're always going to his house. Like every Saturday night, I'm at his house. You know, we're just cranking shisha. <clears throat> and he goes, I found this shisha and it's made in Germany. And it's got four ports and four people can use it at the same time. And I'm like, are you sure? That doesn't exist, man. There's no way that exists. He's uh, like, Andrew, yeah. I'm telling you, like four people can use it at the same time. Because in the market, you've got your traditional pieces. They just come out of China or they come out of, you know, Iraq. Yeah. Or they come out of, you know, yeah. Lebanon or something. And they're designed their design is so backdated that no one's come to reinvent the wheel. What I love about the cube shishas is they reinvented the wheel. They took a mm. traditional item and made it modern. Mm, mm, mm. And he's like, yeah, so there's this German shisha. He goes, but Andrew, he goes, they're $800. I'm like, $800? Oh, my God. <laughs> $800. Anyway, you know me. I go into extensive research mode. I've got totally. YouTube here. I've got blogs here, articles there. I'm like reading, reading, learning, learning. The whole thing. Yeah, because like it's eight hundred dollars, man. It's a fuck. It's a decent. It's a decent yeah, size, yeah. you know, investment. Yeah. Anyways, Andrew calls me up one day. He goes, "You would never believe what happened today." I'm like, "What happened?" He goes, "I found a shop that sells it." I'm like, "No way, we get to see it in person." He goes, "Yeah." And I go, "All right." I go, "I've got six coaching calls I got to get through." I go, "By yeah. four o'clock, I'm going to be at your house, and then we're going to go." And he goes, "Yeah, we're going." Guys. Man, I, the last client cancelled on you. Hectic. No worries. I was so happy. Like, Let's go. <laughs> so I'm driving to Austral. Driving to Austral, pick up Andrew, and we head down to the shop. I won't say the location of the shop just for of obvious course. reasons. We get there, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm so excited. He goes, do you want to go half his son? I'm like, I thought you'd never ask. This is like, <laughs> he's only, we've only been friends for a couple of months, but we just built that bond so totally. quickly. That's what I love about yeah. Shisha, man. It's just like, it's, it's not the shisha itself it's the communication it's the to bring bonding, people together it's the yeah, socialism yeah. like it's it's all those things mm, you know mm, mm. and we get to the shop and i'm like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna test this guy i'm gonna see if he knows his stuff because i know my stuff i've been reading mm. up about it for like three months i go hey bro you know we're looking at the shisha what can you tell us about it and he's like he goes they're made in germany and i'm like yeah i know bro it says it on the box it says made in germany <laughs> like i can see that i go what else can you tell us about it he goes in Arabic, he's like, Walla, which means like, like, trust me. 
He goes, I don't know. He goes, just Google it. I'm like, what? Google it? I'm coming to spend $800 on this product. Did you tell me to Google it? And in my head, I'm like, how can anyone have a shop or a concept or a product that they just don't know about? Like, how mm, how could you mm, sell something mm. that you don't know about? Period. Yeah, yeah, Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're in business, Jamie. We do, I've had many different businesses before this, before we started Hooker House. And I was shocked because I'm like, mm. you, you don't know this. Like, we were going to buy it because I'd done the research. Of course. You knew it was the real deal. I knew it was the real deal because I had done all the research on it. So totally. I had full faith in it. I was, we paid for it that day. You know, the experience lasted that this guy had no idea that he gave us the wrong box. And on the drive home, we're so excited. We're people like, the music's loud. We're fucking bimping. We go. So excited. So excited about how I was like a child. Yeah. So excited. We get there. We unbox it. I went to the bathroom. Andrew comes back. He goes, we've got a problem. I'm like, what's the problem? And he's like, they gave us the wrong one. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? This day I've been running around like a madman, <laughs> thinking I'm going to try this shisha. And they give us the wrong one. And the guy goes, I'm around the corner. So if you need anything, just call me. You know, i got to pack up now. I'm like, all right. Andrew calls him. He's like, bro, you gave us the wrong box. And he's like, look, I'll swap it as long as you don't use it. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to use it because this model's worth 400 That's what we want. Yeah. We paid 800 Like, we want that model, you know? 100%. And Andrew goes, you know, can't you come back to the shop? And he goes, man, you know, I've had a big day. I'm really tired. Come tomorrow. And man, I'm like, so the service was rubbish. Yeah, I had no totally. idea about the product. I'm like, if someone's going to invest that sort of money into an upmarket sort of product, mm, almost mm. like a Rolex, like someone's going to go through a lot 100%. of research, a lot of saving, and you have to be, you have to know your product. Yeah, man. you don't go into a Rolex store and they say, hey, just Google why this one's special. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> tell me about this Daytona. Yeah. I don't know, bro. Yeah, the crystal's just made Google somewhere. It. Just Google it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck this guy, I'm out of here, man. Like, you know, what's, 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 40 what's, on a watch. what's this service? You know what I mean? And totally. Then, mm. You know, I was looking at the market in terms of Sydney, like, because there's a lot of shisha places. It's quite popular here of in course. Sydney uh, and Melbourne as well. Yeah. Um, and I was noticing the same thing. So the products that were sourced were just off cuts and random cuts that came out of China. Um, you'd go to those shops and ask the guy saying, hey, you know, I need to buy this product. They wouldn't be too versed in it. To them, it was just a product. There was not much in-depth mm. knowledge mm. about it. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Mm. And I would constantly go in there. The prices would change depending on how they were feeling because they ran a mixed business shop or whatever. Of course. And I hated that inconsistency. I, mm. I hated it with, genuinely hated it with the passion because I love Shisha so much. But I noticed there was a gap in the market for product knowledge, for great products that were sourced from around the world. Like that's really important. Mm. And not just random shit that comes out of China. Cause these guys would be like, buy this product, Andrew, it's good. I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. I'll take your word on it. Cause you're the guy selling it. Of go course. home and it would break. And then I'd go back mm. and I'd be like, bro, broke after one session. And then he's like, yeah, they're all like that. I'm like, but you didn't tell me that. How good is it that it breaks after one use? Yeah, like you didn't <laughs> tell me that. If you told me that, of course. I would have bought it. You know, like so mm, mm, it, mm. It, there was a lot of, that's just big the, way, gaps that's in the, the market. way, yeah, yeah, that's the way I think. There's a big gap in the market. There's a big opportunity. The biggest thing that held us back from going forward was like, we're going to commit to a space. We're going to commit to a warehouse. We're going to create a brick and mortar store in the age where brick mm. and mortar stores are closing up left, right and center. Yeah, 100%. So it's, it's going to be like, it's going to be a bit challenging from that regard, but if we only specialize, know our products, I'm sure we could build a following. It's not mm. going to be too hard because 
there's already a massive polarization between us totally. and everyone else in the market. Great big separation. That's your blue ocean mm. strategy, in essence, mm. what a blue mm. ocean strategy mm. is. So blue ocean strategy is, are you familiar with the theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's creating other parts of the market that don't exist and that becomes your core totally. model. So instead of becoming yeah. another shisha shop, we became hookah house. We innovated in other areas where no one else was willing to innovate. Mm. Mm. And now, like since we've opened, Jamie, we've had like eight copycats that have opened up around Sydney, very close. And I get people saying, yeah, did you see this? And they're copying your idea and all this stuff. I go, people can copy you. That's fine. There's 100%. one thing they can't copy, and that's the person who runs the business. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? You can yeah, Someone can yeah. replicate your business mm. tomorrow. And paint the same colors. Yeah, do the same logo. They can do the same yeah. thing. But if they don't have mm. your finesse or your passion totally. or your love, they're going to lose that battle nine times out of ten. And I said, every love time that. a copycat opens up, it only makes us look better. Because I know 100%. the copycats sell same products that we sell, but then they'll also sell the offcuts. And in my head, mm. I'm like, imagine me going to Rolex. Let's say I'm going to go to Rolex today. Okay, I want to <laughs> buy a Daytona for like 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever they're worth. Imagine the guy says to me, hey, Andrew, I've got AAA replicas. Instead of paying <laughs> yeah. 20 grand, I've got them for a thousand bucks. Do you want them? 100%. In like, the Rolex store. In the Rolex store, you're going to be like, yeah. you know what I mean? What's so going us, on? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, created yeah. a luxury experience. Mm. And bro, the showroom is pumping, man. We've got like a, a beautiful speaker, beautiful TV. Yeah. There's always wonderful... I'd encourage everyone that, that actually to go and follow the, the brand because you post some really good content. Yeah. Um, and the way you do it as well, like it's fun, it's vibing. Yeah, and you can tell it's, it's luxury. Like it's not some dingy backyard no. where it's like, hey, let, no. let me show you what I got. Like this is legit a shop. Like, Jamie, we're, yeah. we're located in a business park. There's no foot traffic. And I remember mm. one, one guy came in here and no one knows who I am. No one knows... All the backyard work I've done, all the reading, all 100%. the research. I've read hundreds of sales books. Coaching is my game. It's my passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, yeah. I'm also yeah. coaching people into working out what they want so I can sell to them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only I've had I can count on my hands the number of people who've come to a hooker house and not purchased. Mm. And mo I can tell you about 80% of those is because I didn't have the product in stock. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's how well versed totally. we are in knowing our products. Um, but I had this old old guy come into the shop once and he goes, why would you open up a shop like this here? And I said, I said, can you find a Rolex and on any on any and every corner shop in Australia? And he goes, no. And I go, Rolex is only sold in specific areas. And I go, I don't need my customers to walk into the shop. My customers know, like my customers find me. We'll come I don't to need you. to find yeah. my customers. My customers find me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. we just took we just took a concept. Only, only from identifying gaps in the market, innovated and created Hooker House. And now, like, we get copycats every day. I get people, like, i got cousins who call me up saying, I told you so. And I go, listen to me. It only makes us look better 100%, every time yeah. they open mm. because no mm. one has got what we've got. Correct. Period. And I think that's what people forget is that like if they want to get into a business or they want to start a little side hustle, they want to do an e-commerce brand, like, oh, but someone else already has the shoes. Someone else already does the watches. Someone else already does this. Someone else already does that. That's okay. Like you don't have to be first. You just got to be better. better. And you got to do it in your own way. Yeah. You know, you got to create your own style. And like you said, the, the Blue Ocean strategy, like you got to create your own avenue, your own niche. Okay, that's a, a buzzword that everyone always speaks about when it gets to talking yeah. about businesses, this niche thing. It's like, yeah, but just find your own thing that you're passionate about that the next person won't be as passionate about as you. Yeah. I think because, yeah, like you said, you can all sell the same product. That's all well and good. But what's the experience like? 100%. If I come to your shop and I go to the next shop, the exact same product sitting up there yeah. on the shelf, but how am I greeted? What does it smell like in there? What's the lighting? What's the music? I'll tell you one thing on top of that, Jamie. I tell all the customers my nickname 
because the relationship that I build with them when mm. you call someone their nickname is more personal straight away. Absolutely. And I never used go. to tell anyone my nickname because I that was only for my, my close close of guys. Course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're calling me my nickname and I know all their names from the sound of their voice. You know what I mean? I'm totally. very particular yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. Totally. You but see yeah, them walking the door. Absolutely. Like what you said, Jamie, you can't replicate the experience. You don't yeah. need to have a different product. You just got to be better, man. You just got to be earlier. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But That's it, what we did with BBTV. That's what we said from the start, like here in the studio. It was like, cool, like we're not the first and we won't be the last, but our experience is going to be second to none. Number one. Like we've doubled down on that experience. Like that's our main priority is like making sure that people come in here and even before they've come in here, they're driving past like to find parking. It's like, wow, like that's where we're going. Yeah. That's and like exciting. they leave being yeah. like, shit, like that's just what happened. Like we just did that. On top you know, of that, that is that. what the yeah, so yeah want, that's where the breadwinner is. I want, sorry, bro. Correct. So to keep talking. Over nah, you. Google. You can I, I want to like build it. on top of that, Jamie. Like your the experiences that you create with your customers become the first thing on the top of their mouth when they're talking to their friends. Mm. Every time a bad experience is created, it's the first thing that people normally talk about. If you create such an everlasting experience, the first thing that people talk about is their experience at Hooker House. Well, it's like when you go to a restaurant, oh, it was good, but their service was shit. Yeah. Or it was, like you said about that, that guy when you were trying to get, like great product, but the service was shit. Just, he had no product idea. means nothing now. Yeah. You know, th- what's the first thing you told me about? Yeah, like, well, he didn't even know his shit. He didn't tell me how good, they, you, you haven't even told us, this is, the, this is proof in the pudding right now. You haven't even told us how good the first time using the product was because that became nothing because the service was so shit. Yeah. You know, the it was almost like- it, it was game changing. It was, it was like- It, it was, but it, it, you've yeah. lost that from your mind because it was like, all I remember from that first experience was, was his shit service. Yeah, exactly you know? explained so, there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Like, and then now when we go be deep and I bring it up, it's like, well, cool. Well, what was your first experience? Like, well, obviously it was amazing because then you've gone on to do the business off the back of it. Yeah. Because you saw that gap there. Um, but the thing is, like, not everyone thinks like that, like me and you do, where it's like, shit, well, great product, shit service. Why don't we yeah. just create a great product with great service? Yeah. How can I do that? Or how can I make a product even better? 100%. You know, and, and that was my mindset with real food vending as well. It's like vending machines are going to be around, they've been around forever, they're going to be around for a lot longer. How do we make it better? Well, why can't we just have vending machines that have healthy alternatives? You know, and I'm very similar yeah. to yourself, visualization. Yeah. I haven't done the whole looking at the stars thing, so I'm going to try that. You know, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the idea it's of open, that. It's open sky. Yeah, like, man. I, you can connect all the dots. Yeah, Absolutely. I always think like you've got, you know, relationship here, money here, business here. you got all these things in your head. Yeah, behind, yeah. So you can think out loud and... Yeah, 100%. Just I like that. Is a bit I like that. What, what, what's the future for Hooker House? Like, I don't know. We've had a lot of conversations, but for people listening, I'm sure they're either, you know, shisha enthusiasts um, and... I know that you're working on the online side of things as well. Um, so yeah. I don't know if Online's that's live launched. yet. Yeah, online. Yeah, that, it is. That awesome. Probably like six months ago, which is really good. Yeah, so nice. that gives people the option. Like we sent packages. And you ship Australia wide? Australia wide. I shipped, I shipped packages to the UK yesterday. You know, So globally. Yeah, so South Africa last week. So we, we nice. put a lot, of com- uh, a lot of attention to TikTok probably at the beginning yep. of... Yep. Oh, no, at the end of 2020 is when we started. And yeah. in, in about six months, we racked up 25K worth of followers. And yeah, I think nice. that's enough in terms of credibility that people are looking for mm. when they're choosing a brand. Because uh, mm, mm. I know you don't really go too much into the metrics and shit like that, but it gives someone totally. enough confidence to be like, okay, these people must be they're good. They must be something. They're a real deal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But now since we've been putting more focus, so I've shifted our attention from TikTok to Instagram. So that's why you've seen all the nice. videos pop up lately. Totally. We're on top of it. I'm doing stories. I'm blowing those big fat awesome. clouds that I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, love that. Yeah. Ever since we're doing that, I've been selling out. I, I, I've got a problem in terms of securing stock now. So like now mm. it's like getting more stock because 
I just clear it. Good so problem to have. Clear, it's a good problem. Absolutely, good problem to have. That's what I was talking about business yeah. partner. I'm like, it's a good problem yeah. to have. Means the brand's growing, reputation is growing. Hundred percent. You know, and even like the any other, any expansion plans, like whether interstate or it could be, could be. There's a, there's a few things like we wanted to be a, a lounge. We were going to do a premium lounge before we opened up mm. Booker House. Yeah. I remember talking to the real estate agents, and I gave them my pitch deck, and they're like, "What's this?" I'm like, "This is my proposal. This is what I want to do." And they're like, Andrew, no one gives us pitch decks. And I'm like, I know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm going to build something that's a bit unorthodox. It's illegal. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly legal, but I need you guys to be on board for it because it's going to be mm. in your building. Mm. And he's mm. like, oh, no one's ever done this before, Andrew. And I'm like, great, today's the first day. And mm. like, we had that relationship. And then it got to the point where I was trying to pitch to the owners, but they just kept shutting us down. They're like, no, we don't want that. And it's just got a bad stigma, you know, because yeah, yeah, of, you yeah, know, yeah. Big tobacco policies and shit like that, but we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Of course, Um, hundred percent. Yeah. So future plans. Yeah. Look, I I can't tell you. I get like at least a core week for someone who wants to open up in Melbourne, like the concept. Um, Mm. So I think we're going to look at just expanding, you know, getting more products in, you know, building the brand, you know, smashing our content like we're doing. Um, yeah, nice. And there's there's definitely some things that are in the pipeline. I can't say at the moment, but I know 100%. when we do part two of this episode, I'll be able to drop some bombs. Yeah, have global shops, have <laughs> global reach. Well, you've already got global online. You're gonna have global physical stores. Yeah, um, definitely doing what you guys do. Um, and who knows, you might be like the maybe you already are um, the leaders in the national market of what you're doing. That experience that you create. But I love it how just such a, a simple passion, a simple you know something that you really just love. And from a wedding, just saying, hey, you know. Do you smoke shisha? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you guys are you, all of a sudden you guys are business partners, and you've yeah. you've gone on this incredible journey together. Um, and you, you know what the best thing is? And like I said it at the start, I was having a chat to one of my best mates yesterday as well. All the learnings that you've taken from from twenty five and losing it all, and opening the next business, and opening the next business, and fighting the depression, and bouncing back to being the absolute beast that you are now. Again, going back to the to the words you used. To then get to hear and see, which in, a, in the grand scheme of it, Andrew, like seriously, like five years isn't that long. You know, like you've done that from 25 to 30. It's not that long. Yeah, in, in the time, it feels like a long time. But, you know, from 20 to 25, that was 10 years ago now. Yeah. You know, so that five-year block isn't a long time. What you've been able to achieve is absolutely incredible, like genuinely incredible. And even for me, I have to watch it and seeing, like even just hearing you now talk about it and how much fun you're having with it. Um, I think that's what people need to understand is that, yeah, there's going to be some businesses that it's not as fun, but it's still fun. Yeah. And then there's going to be some businesses that you have are just that are just next level fun. Absolutely. You get incredible results. Yeah. And then there'll be some businesses that just don't fucking work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. Whether it's you, whether it's the time, whether it's whatever yeah. it is, the timing of it, it just doesn't work. I think if you can push past the ego and say it's okay to sell it, okay to close it down, it's okay to pull it apart and sell off individual sections of it, whatever you want to do, and go on to do something else. I think if you can drop the ego and do that, that's where confidence also comes from and grows. That's mm. where the passion for what you're really going to go into next comes from. Um, man, love what you've been able to do. I, 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 I really am. Like, I wish you guys were here in Melbourne so we could hang out more. Man, oh, um, I, I say that all the time. I know we chat all the time anyway, yeah. but I, I, I genuinely, like for people listening and, and, and or watching this now, like 100% go and follow like the page because you will see the passion that these guys both have 
when they're doing something that they absolutely fucking love. Mm. You know, hence why you're getting incredible results, yeah? Oh, it's been crazy. Because it's not, it's not a business. It's not, like, let's go to work. It's, we fucking love this shit before we had a business. Those $800 shishas that I was telling you about, yeah. we stocked them. I sold 50 in less than three months. Yeah, well, 50. You know what I mean? Like, everyone yeah, still yeah. has their stock, and they're like, oh, Hooker House don't have any stock because we sold them. They're Correct. gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have people yeah. now in like Lenore, which is like this rural town, all these mm. ballers live. This lady called me up. She bought five of them because I spent time wow. with her on the phone to educate her mm. through everything. And for me, Jamie, because because I'm a coach, I'm a consultant by nature. If I've got a microphone, I'm a very dangerous person. Game I, over. I can do things. Absolutely. I can talk to the cows come home. But again, that goes back to the self-belief and the confidence. Yeah. You know, whether I said to you, Andrew, like we need a sales rep here. Can you come and sell for me or... or consult from whatever yeah. you would be like cool give me a day I'll do some research and I'm in yeah. but that's the confidence of it that's the self belief of it so my message out of this conversation so far to anyone listening is work on that self confidence work on that self belief because it will it will open doors it'll, those opportunities that are there you with the confidence you'll walk through the door mm. you know the only thing is is that, that self doubt that stops you from ringing up that person or going for a coffee with someone and ask them about how do I start my own business you know, you might have a mentor in your own world that you're looking at. Be like, the only thing that's stopping you from doing that is your self-doubt. When yeah. you've got that confidence and that self-belief, you don't have that. You will message anyone. You will call anyone. You will go to any meeting. You will go to you will go anywhere around the world just to sit down with someone that you see of value. But that comes off the back of the confidence and the self-belief. Man, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. That's right. Pleasure, man. So good to hear the story and, you know, hear it. I get Like I said, we chat all the time. But hearing it from a, a, a different perspective yeah. in a different way, you know, and and and... Again, you said at the start, perspective's everything, you know. So um, I've learned a lot. Um, man, where do people find you? Where's the best way for people to engage with what you do, Hooker House, the other brands? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, the Andrew Elias underscore. I haven't really been active. The original. On yeah, I haven't really been active, but I'm in the process of rebranding the podcast and the personal brand and all that sort of stuff. So it'll hopefully launch nice. by about November. So it'll be more content and stuff like that because I've definitely uh, picked up more confidence in myself in probably like the last 12 months um nice. so there's there you can find us at the hooker house it's h-o-o-o-k-a-h and then h-a-u-s um if you put it in the show notes jamie like 100 we'll that's just where we put description. all our, our topics all our content you know all that sort of stuff but that's probably like the main two um areas like in Platforms. terms of where you, where you can reach out to us um yeah nice Nice. Yeah. I'm sure this podcast will get out to the right people in the right ears and the right eyes. Um, and they're definitely going to take a lot from it. And I love the journey that we've been on over this hour, you know, really talking about the personal side of things and the overcoming of what you had to face um, and then getting into the business world and see how much fun you can have and you know, getting the results that you're getting. Um, I think it's special. I think my biggest thing as well is that the whole thing, I think it was the timing of it, was the perspective of everything is, you know, it can change your life. 100%. Um, and the, and the way we were at that moment. On that, on that perspective really... note, like, so like you and I, we're both coaching, we're both speaking from stages, you know, prior to lockdown, yeah? And everything was set up. So I'm like, wow, life is going well. I've got my businesses. I've got this great mm, opportunity. Mm. We're going to make so much money. COVID turned around, hit, hit like a ton of bricks. You know what I mean? It changed everything. But because I'd been in that situation so many times, I'm like, okay. It's like a, like a quarterback running and, you know, someone's coming to tackle yeah, him and he, and he yeah. spins around and he runs yeah, the other way. It's like that. It's like, yeah. you know, you become stronger in these moments of so Absolutely. much doubt. And, yeah, um, yeah sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, no. You know, it, it goes back to, um, you know, it was a post I did a couple of days ago on socials uh, where I was saying, you know, like, do what's hard when it's easy so you can do what's easy when it's hard. Yes. It's like 
all the work that we're like, now's hard times. Like we're facing pandemics, we're facing lockdowns, we're facing uncertainties, unknowns. But because of what we did, what was hard when it was easy, which was reading and getting up early and going for a run and developing the skill of having a cold shower and reading the books that no one else wanted to do, the courses that no one else wanted to do, when that was hard for us in a time when it was easy, now what is easy for us in a time that's hard comes second nature. It comes second naturally. Nature. Like, yeah, cool, that. we can change our, we, we can flick our mindset. We can hear the negative shit on the, on the news and be like, okay, cool, put it over here, got to go forward and do what I got to do for the day. Um, because we've built that skill, that that resilience, that relentless, like you said earlier. So yeah. I love that, man. Hey, man, thank you so much for making some time for this today. Uh, like you said, episode two, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely do something yeah. uh, next year together as um, as Hooker House becomes a, a world household name. Uh, but, man, keep up the incredible work. Thank you most importantly for making the time. Uh, and, guys, go and follow Andrew and the brand. You will, um, Andrew and Andrew. Go and follow Andrew yeah. and then also go and follow Andrew and Andrew uh, yeah. at The Hooker House. Um, but, man, again, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you and everyone else out there listening. Uh, enjoy your day and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great. <laughs>